Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about cars and car require problems and um, just about anything you want to talk about. And one of the things that you can do is you give us a call, 602-508-0960, and tell me about the problem or the question or my husband and I are arguing or my brother says this and my sister says this or whatever. We can talk about anything with cars, and if I don't know the answer, I'll really be honest. I'll just tell you I don't know the answer. So it's easy enough to get here, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. One of the questions I had this week had to do with oil in a new car. And l- let me tell you that the owner's manual will, will describe what you should use and how long your oil changes should be. But on this newer model car, um, I looked it up myself, and it's a 10,000-mile oil change interval, and it wants a synthetic oil. And so it's real simple. The nice part about that is is it's three oil changes into one because with conventional oil, we change the oil every 3,000 miles. With a synthetic, we do 10,000-mile intervals. And frankly, there's some cars out there where the owner's manual calls for more. Well, when you get into the 12 and 15,000-mile range, you're talking about once a year. If your car's owner's manual says that, 12, 15,000 miles interval, then you should probably change your oil just before the summertime so that you go through the summer in Arizona with fresh oil. That's kind of how I work it. I just had the oil changed on my truck the other day, and uh, they put synthetic in it. It's a one-ton Dodge Dually, and um, they put a 10,000-mile stop on the door sticker. So at 10,000 miles, I'll know um, that I need another oil change. So that's hopefully your shop is doing the same thing. And and no matter what your shop says, no matter what my shop says, we can't overrule the owner's manual. And the owner's manual is written for all 50 states and everywhere where that car is sold. Everywhere. So General Motors, Ford, Honda, Toyota, all the big dogs, Dodge, Chrysler, all the big dogs know that the oil and the, and the, and the interval is going to be acceptable, whether it's in Alaska or it's in Phoenix, Arizona in the summertime. It makes no difference. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Another, another thing that often is misunderstood is just the rest of the fluids in the oil, in, the, in your owner's manual. Um, how about transmission fluid, brake fluid, coolant, differential, transfer case, front differential and rear differential, transfer case, power steering fluid. You look at all that stuff. There's a lot of shops that will choose for themselves, and it benefits them clearly to put you on a 30,000-mile service for many of those. But you're going to find in your owner's manual that there's no 30s. And then we also have specific equipment. For instance, on your brake fluid, we have specific equipment that gives us the moisture content in your brake fluid because we don't want water in your brake fluid. So we check it with litmus paper tests or with machines that you stick the probe inside and it tells you what the moisture content is. Then you look at the chart and you determine if the moisture tent is in the red, the yellow, or the gray green. That's it. We're done. And and then transmission fluid, if you're told that your transmission fluid is really ugly, 
it's okay to say, well, let's walk out to the car and bring a white paper towel with you. And let's pull the dipstick out and wipe it on the paper towel and, and then tell me you know, what you see. Here's the deal. If your transmission oil is cooked, it's going to be a brown, reddish brown, muddy looking fluid. If it's fine, it's going to be clear to the color of red. That's all there is to it. So if they don't want to go out and pull your dipstick, it's probably because it's clear or to the color of red. And and, and that's um, what happens in our industry. In the old days, we used to see your car every 3,000 miles. We, ch- we rotated your tires every other oil change. At 10,000, we did tune-ups. Today, it's 50 to 100,000, depending on what kind of car you drive. So 50 to 100,000-mile spark plug change intervals. In the old days, it was 10,000 miles. Some guys would go 8, 10, 12, somewhere around there. So you have all these moving parts, and you have technology, and the oil of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s is quite different than the oil today than in our decade. Quite different. The oil has a, it turns to a tar at probably three to 500 degrees, and your motor is cooked at somewhere in the vicinity of 300 degrees. It's just cooked. It's done. It's going. It's not going to carry you another foot. At 220 degrees is where we want your motor to run in temperature. But when you get up to 300 or 400 degrees, goodbye motor. But synthetic oils will handle that. Now, your motor's still going to be damaged, but it's not going to lock up because the oil is still doing its job. It's still lubricating. It can't have anything to do with you are driving and you're six miles from home and the cooling system collapsed, and you got cooling all over the road, and you decide to drive it home anyway. That's typically what happens. <laughs> In the same way with oil starvation, same way with power steering fluid. We develop a leak. You go ahead and drive it home instead of having it towed somewhere. Uh, and then when you get there, the pump's wiped out on the power steering pump. And oftentimes in the transmission application, when we lose fluid, you're not going to move. So you don't have a choice. Don't sit there and put it into drive and just rev the motor because the car might move, and the more you rev the motor, you think it might go faster, but it's not, and or your truck or whatever, and you're driving, and you finally get it to roll, and you're just, all you're doing is cooking the transmission when you do that. The transmission is a hydro- hydraulic component, and it's going to need fluid in order to operate, and it's got a half a cup or a cup of fluid in there, and you are just smoking the transmission when you do that. Now... If it's full of fluid and it gets to the shop and it's full of fluid and we go drive it and it's it's good cold and it's bad hot, then the transmission just went to heaven. <laughs> but it, it's a bad idea if you spring a leak and you wipe out the transmission as you try to get home. So you spring a leak, you stop, call your tow, tow truck company. Um, hopefully you have something on your insurance that gives you free towing and you have it towed to your local garage or the one you choose. So those are those are kinds of things that we run into kind of on a regular basis. And and let's go over an oil change. And I, I need to give the phone number, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. An oil change is an inspection of your car. It is not an opportunity to sell you everything underneath the sun. Our job is to change the oil filter and the oil. That's our job. We're supposed to physically and visually inspect the rest of the car.
we're supposed to check the differential fluid, the transmission fluid, the brake fluid, the power steering fluid, the windshield washer fluid. We're supposed to do all that. And most of us top that stuff off for no charge at all. It's included in the oil change. There's most of us. But you're likely to get a big laundry list of stuff that it needs from the shop because they use the oil change as the hook to get you in on a 995 oil change so they can sell you all kinds of stuff. You need this fluid change, this fluid change, this is, the, and your spark plugs are old, and you've got a little bit of a drip on a power steering line, blah, blah, blah. The idea is, is we're supposed to inspect your car, but we're also supposed to be honest about it. You have a slight leak at the low-pressure power steering line. I put a new clamp on it. It stopped, but we're going to keep an eye on that. So I made a, a note in your file that every time you come in, we're going to look at that low-pressure line. And if it starts leaking again, I want to replace it. So I'll give you an estimate at that, at that time. That's what the conversation should sound like. Your brakes. Your brakes, I don't know if you're going to make the next 10,000 miles on your oil change because of your brakes. So I, I think probably in the next couple of months, we should do your front brakes. And the cost is going to be $227.27. And so at that particular point, we've done our job. We've warned you. Your brakes are not bad now. But we look at them, and they're about 30 thousandths of an inch away from the squeakers or the squealers. <laughs> and so we know that little device starts making noise and causing squealing when the brake pad is 90% worn. And so, but some guys will, I've heard that some people will cut that little squeaker off so the brake pad will go metal to metal, and then if they get to do your brake work, we've just tripled your estimate because not only are we going to hang a set of brake pads on the front two tires, but we're going to sell you a rotor, we're going to sell you a wheel pack, we're going to sell you an probably a caliper so obviously the brake job goes into the five six seven hundred dollar range so those are the kinds of things that hopefully that we can work with and hopefully you'll you'll be more confident in when you uh, when you get your car and when you get faced with that kind of stuff one of the questions i get all the time is how much air pressure do i put in my tires there's two places to look the first thing you want to look at is your owner's manual and the owner's manual is based on this if your car weighs 4,000 pounds, each tire should carry 1,000 pounds. <laughs> That's all there is to it. 4,000 pounds, gross vehicle weight. Each tire has to carry one-fourth of that, so 1,000 pounds. You can go on the Internet and find out that if this tire needs to cover, to go to 1,000 pounds, this tire needs 36 pounds of pressure. If it needs more, let's say instead of 1,000 pounds, it needs 1,200, it might go another two degrees higher. That's a waste of time. There's two places to look for the inflation. You can look on the door sticker on the driver's door, and it'll say inf tire inflation, whatever. You can also look at the tire. And in small letters on the tires, it'll say maximum inflation is this. Now, I run all my cars and trucks at maximum inflation of the tire, and I'll tell you why. It's because the ride is a little harsher, but the tire runs cooler, and in Arizona, a cooler running tire is, an, is a heck of an advantage. And I'm not real worried about a, um, abnormal uh, tread wear, because that just doesn't happen with the tires today. And if me or my wife or, or the kids hit a curb, a fully inflated tire is likely to bounce off of it or go through a pothole rather than cause the tire to cut itself because it's pinched between the curb or the the um, 
the uh, uh, pothole and causes damage to the tire and the wheel. So those are the two places you can find that information. It's kind of like riding a bike, folks. Remember when you rode a bike as a kid and you pulled it out of the garage and the tires were half flat and you had to pedal your way down to the mobile station two blocks away so you could air up your tires? Remember the effort it took to ride the bicycle? And then when you got your tires aired up, then you rode it home and it was like a Ferrari. It was easier to pedal. It coasted better. It rode better. Everything was better. That's what it's all about with tires. Last but not least, when we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you about the temperature of the tires because this is a new phenomenon that we're beginning to use, and there's some real strong advantages to knowing how to take the temperature of your tire and and what that tells you at the end of the day. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Mark Levin sees weakness. Did you know that we've given $8 billion to the Taliban? since our surrender two years ago? I didn't know that. Eight billion dollars? No wonder our enemies think we're weak, because we are. No wonder our enemies on the move, because now's the time. They're not stupid. Stupid is the people who vote for Joe Biden and the Democrats. That's stupid. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us. We're over here. Justin, Justin, OMG. He just looked, I love you, Justin. I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org slash AZ. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt, and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figuerella, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. 
the dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. In your car, at home, on the job. AM Radio has more than 8 million listeners each month. For more than a century, AM Radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you. 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. If you'd like to join the conversation, if you have a car question, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And I'm going to take Chris because he called in, and then we're going to continue our conversation about taking the temperature of your tires. So, Chris, good morning to you. How can I help you? Morning, Mark. How you doing today? I got I'm a good. question Thanks. I never heard anybody ask. Okay. Uh, garage door, what's the... A- Good place that you'd recommend to put in a standard two-car garage door and opener and a guesstimate on what that might cost? Uh, have you got your pencil handy? Yes. Okay. Our company does business with a garage door installer, but I don't know. I can't think of their name right now. So you're going to call 480-598-1238. Okay. Yep, one two three four. Okay. Ask for Alan or Andy and said your dad knows, says that you have a customer or that you have a garage door vendor for the shop. Who is that? And okay. That's, that's who we use. Now, gotcha. you can obviously go garage door installation on the Internet, and then you can say garage, and then you can pull up their name, and then you say, I want their ratings, I want their, you know, uh, I want to know what people think of them. But there's a guy in Tempe that's been that's worked for us for many years. I just can't remember what the heck his, the name of his shop is. And he did our commercials doors in 1994. And then he's done some other work uh, on our, on our property, our horse property up North. So, um, we've been pretty pleased with him, but ask Andy or Alan. And if not, both of them have had their garage doors done work done on them. So ask him who did theirs. Okay. Yeah. Because a friend of mine pressed the button and the door came off the track so a guy came out, I'm not saying the name, and they charged her $3,000 to rebuild her 1985 door and put in a new opener. But I'm looking for a new door, too, just because I like to make the front of the house look nicer. I understand. And, of course, the newer doors are, I mean, they're like kind of, that, kind of like your car. Every five years or so, there's a significant improvement in much of what the, the, the vehicle or your garage door is made of. Right now, I have a garage door in Payson on our barn, and it's really getting old. <laughs> I'm greasing the heck out of it, and it's got this rubber belt that drives it, and I know it's going to break, but it's okay because I can lift the door manually and I can close it manually, but I'm with you in the same boat. Um, sooner or later, I'm going to have to do that. But anyway, thanks for calling, Chris. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. Alrighty. Okay, we're going to talk about tire temperature. Um, all of us have seen someone driving down the highway, 
and we have the tow vehicle, and then we have the trailer. And the trailer is not the trailer deck, the floor of the trailer, the bottom of the trailer is not perfectly perpendicular to the road. The nose is down or the nose is up. So the trailer's driving down the road and you can tell it's not level. We take temperature guns and we know that the glue in tires comes apart at about 200 degrees. So not too long ago, a bunch of us cowboys decided to go out and work cattle. And there's a lot of guys with horse trailers. So when we got to our first stop, I decided I was going to run some tests, so I went out there and I took my temperature gun, which is a handheld gun, and you pull the trigger, there's a little red light that goes down, you put it on the crown of the tire, where the sidewall meets the the, uh, tread, so the curve, the edge of the tire, and you're about five, six inches away. So I gun the tire, and then it gives me a digital readout. So think about this, I'm gunning the front tire of a two-axle trailer, and it's running in the vicinity of about 130 degrees. I'm gunning the tire right behind it, the number two axle tire on the same trailer, and it's running 40 degrees cooler. So what's the matter with it? Is that normal? Is that acceptable? Or is there a problem? Now think about this. If the nose of the trailer is too low, then a lot of the weight of the trailer is transferred to the front axle. If the nose of the trailer, the hitch of the trailer, is too high, then it transfers much of that load to the back axle. So what you do is, is you set your trailer based on the tire temperatures of the front and the back tire on your two-axle trailer and get them as close as you can. That means that the trailer is carrying the load, or the, t- the four tires are carrying the load of the trailer evenly. So I've had fun with my temperature gun because I've, I can test a diesel and a gas motor and gun the exhaust manifold, and you can tell which cylinder is misfiring because it's colder than the others that are firing right. So you can use it for that. You can use it for coolant uh, issues. If the motor is overheating, is the motor overheating? You gun the top hose. The top hose is 210. It's not overheating. The top hose is at 300. It's overheating. So those are the kinds of things. But the temperature gun is the new tire pressure gauge. It doesn't mean we don't have to check the tire pressure. All we have to do is, is know, understand tire temperature is important. Um, One of the guys had three horses to the front of his trailer, and his tongue was a little low, and that was the one that was real high in temperature, 130, 140. He just decided to move the horses kind of towards the back of the trailer, and the next stop, the tires were even. So he moved his load to the back of the trailer, which brought the front of the trailer up a little bit, and we began to distribute the weight of the trailer over the two axles, which has four tires, two on each side. So that's kind of how simple it gets when you get into the science of today. Obviously, there is tire pressure monitoring systems that you can buy. We install a transmitter inside of the tire. Then we have it talk to a receiver in the car, and you can drive down the road and check the temperature and the inflation of the tires on your trailer, on your truck, or on all of them. It's not something that's cheap to do, but it's a lot cheaper than 
two blown tires. <laughs> so the, you add up the cost of two blown tires and perhaps a tow truck bill. Then you got two brand new tires, and sometimes the wheel takes a beating, but may, most of the time it doesn't. Um, most of the time you can put a tire pressure monitoring system in uh, in somebody's trailer and truck that didn't come with one. The rest of you with tire monitoring systems, most of the time you only get inflation. But if you get tire temperature, pay attention to that as well. 602-508-0960 if you have a car question or a car problem or a truck. I can talk about most all those stuff and trailers, uh, motor homes, diesel engines, um, what kind of belts do you use, Mark? <laughs> what kind of oil do you use, Mark? And to be perfectly honest with you, let's talk about oil for a second. There's four companies that make oil. Mobile, Shell, Phillips 66, and Chevron. Every oil in every can came from one of those four guys. So I'm not a fan of you buying Chevron because your dad used Chevron and said it was the very best one. I do sell Chevron, but my relationship with Chevron just says I have a relationship with you and you're going to sell me bulk oil and and based on my volume I'm going to get a good price. But for years and years and years I I I ran a mobile station and we poured mobile oil and and actually that was in the late 70s or no that was in yeah it's late 70s and early 80s when they came out with mobile um, 25,000 mobile one and a 25,000 mile oil change interval and everybody objected to that they just couldn't understand that we're going to go from 3,000 mile oil change to 25,000 mile oil change well most of you know that that was a miserable failure because nobody checked their oil they put the oil in they set the sticker on the windshield for 25,000 miles and the motor blew up at about 10 and it didn't work very good because nobody checked their oil and nobody had oil to fill up. So if they're a quart low, they were just still a quart low. So that was a miserable failure. And I know that there are service station and uh, on behalf of Mobile Oil, we replaced a few engines just because of that. We'll be back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. If you're like most people retiring today, you can't just live on Social Security alone. And most don't have a pension. So how do you achieve a certain level of retirement income? Tune in Sundays at 8 a.m. for the Bright Wealth Management Show with Matt Degas. Learn how to protect your principal, lock in your gains, avoid probate, and generate income that you can't outlive. Create your own personal pension. Take the right financial steps towards a lasting retirement. That's the Bright Wealth Management Show with Matt Degas, Sundays at 8 8 a.m. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. 
This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for their mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing. But not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks resembling candy and chalk. Learn more about how One Pill Can Kill at OnePillKilled.org. All about that well, name, welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. The phone number is 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And we've got a couple of callers, so I'm going to gr- graciously go right to the callers. Matthew, you're first. How can I help you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, I got a 2006 Colorado... Uh, 241,000 miles on it, and it's starting to stall when I come when I come up to a stop sign or come off the freeway to stoplight. Okay, um, I'm sure you have fuel injection in that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's an idle air control motor, and the idle air control motor is commanded by the computer. And when it sees you take your foot off the gas and it sees you hit the brake and it knows you're coming to a stop, then it's going to adjust the airflow. We, In the old days, we used to turn a screw to raise or lower the idle, but today we open and close an air leak to the motor. So if you open it real wide, the idle goes crazy high, and if you shut it off, then the idle goes crazy low. And the motor is constantly, the computer is constantly monitoring the RPM and it's going and it like maybe a hundred to a thousand times a second, and it's just simply going to open and close until it gives you the six hundred that it's been programmed to do. Now you could have an air leak somewhere where the PCV valve is bad, the PCV valve hose is bad, the EGR is is half open, and that causes a, a vacuum leak which will affect the idle. 
but on a one to ten scale for a, a good guy that's been in our business for a long time, finding out what's matter with the, your your idol shouldn't shouldn't take him more than about twenty minutes. Okay, cool. Thank you. It doesn't sound like it'd be very expensive. I don't. I I, I would be willing to bet with you that this isn't. This is going to be a, a bad connection. It's going to be an air leak. It's going to be a bad idle air control motor. Um, it's going to be something's carboned up. But um, do you have a shop that you like? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. I think I would do what you did to me. Here's my car. And let me demonstrate to you real quick. It just has a poor idle, and sometimes it dies, and it just doesn't zzz like it used to. And then what's your yeah. checkout fee? And call me with an estimate. So you're asking for two numbers, the checkout fee up front, and then we call me with an estimate after the repair. The best that can happen to you, and I, I suspect it's going to be this, is this is going to cost $85 to find it and $10 to fix it. Right. So that's what I think, Okay. Okay, thanks, Mark. All right, you bet. Mark, you're up next. How can I help you, Mark? Hi, Mark. I've got one of those uh, Ford F-150s that you like so much. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm saying that uh, sarcastically. But I know. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm looking for. I, I, I had the luck to run into a shop in Omaha when the wife and I and the dog drove up there for the holidays in uh, December, and uh, on the way up, a, the uh, module for the blower, and we ran into some really cold and icy and, and yucky weather in Kansas on the way up, but uh, it's, it, it failed in the on position, so we were getting heat. If we wanted the heat, it was like full blast on, and, the, you know, of course, the heater was recommended. We couldn't change the, you know, the, the speed. Anyway... Right. I called the dealership up there near the hotel that we were staying at, and they gave me the runaround, and uh, I don't know if we can get you in, and the diagnostic might be a ton on this and that sort of thing. So I just Googled uh, Ford Repair, and literally within two miles of the, and a mile from our hotel and two miles from that dealership, there was a, a, a handful of guys, one old veteran and a couple younger guys, that had started their own uh kind of specializing in Ford vehicles shop. And I was wanting to know if there's anything like that around here, because I will tell you why. Uh, right before I left, I got the oil changed at one of the dealerships here in the truck and made sure everything was ready to go. And, of course, the guy said, oh, you need new brake shoes, and it looks like maybe the front rotors are shot, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'll worry. I don't have time for that now, and I'll do it when I get back. Well, I had the guy in this, uh, this independent shop up there in Omaha. I said, well, just... Will you take a look at him? And he showed me, you know, that that was, a, you know, a load of crap. You know, he actually showed me, you know, they got the little uh, pads there or shoes or whatever they call them and how much I had left. And he goes, you probably don't need it for another, you know, 10,000 miles. So anyway, well, that, I'm looking that, for that kind of shop. Okay. And those kind of guys. All right. That app, your, your experience where you were told you needed a bunch of brake work and then the second guy said you didn't, that happens every day of my life. Yeah, I I, and I and the, and the guy was so square. He showed, and he, here's the deal: these these three guys, and it was one old veteran and then two younger guys, but they had their own bay. Like I said, a mile from they'd worked for the, and tr they had worked for that dealership. Okay. You know, not the dealership down here, but the dealership in Omaha. I, I tried to get. I know, I know, but 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 I I know that you you're drawing a distinction between these three Ford retired guys or these three former Fords and the dealership technicians. 
it's not fair to do that. There's good guys in both the dealers, okay. the independents, and the chains. So all okay. of us, but we all have had the wild man who, who him and him, the, the technician, come up with this idea that we're a little slow on sales. So find me somebody that's at the 70% mark or the 60% mark, right. and we'll sell them brakes. So, you know, right. that, that happens. What you did is what you should have done. And that guy showing you what a new pad looks like, compared, and he and he shows his flashlight and shows you what your pad looks like yep. and a new yep. pad looks like, that's the kind of guy you want. What part of town do you live in here in town? I live up in, uh, um, well, kind of North Scottsdale, a little bit south of uh, Cave Creek and Carefree. Okay. There's Blackwell Automotives at 40th Street and Greenway. And, uh, I know where that a, is. Yeah, he's a good guy. He he knows right from wrong, and you're going to deal with Aaron, his service manager, and if Aaron ever decides to leave Tom, then he's going to work for me. He's a really <laughs> good guy. That's good to know. So, <laughs> yeah. I, so my, we got really lucky then for, you know, just stumbling onto these uh, these these guys up there. You know, we got the – I understand what you're saying. We just uh, happened to get some good ones and some straight shooters up there. You, you can oftentimes stop at the auto parts stores – and you grab the grizzly guy there, and you yep. say to him, "Hey, I'm out of, from out of town, and I'm looking for a good shop because I got a car problem. I'm looking for somebody who's been around since Jesus was a baby, who pays <laughs> their bills, who has great yep. technicians, and is honest as the day is long. And he doesn't order a part, try it. That didn't fix the problem, and he returns it to you." So who is yep. that guy? And in your neighborhood, yep. Blackwell's that guy. Okay, okay thank, thank you very much, thank you, Mark. Sir. You bet. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. There's five of them. 602-508-0960. And we'll be right back. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. What's wrong with the weather? Are COVID climate engineering operations already ongoing? Are weather modification operations robbing us of our rain? What else is our government hiding from us about COVID-19 and countless other issues? If you want answers to questions corporate media talking heads won't touch, tune into the weekly non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> it's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Get it slippy, 
Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. If you have a car question, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Let me tell you about another good shop in town, Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil's been working on transmission since Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble were around. He now can work on the new six speeds, eight speed transmissions that are computer operated, computer controlled with all kinds of fancy sensors, but he can do it all because he has a fundamental knowledge that we're using electric solenoids and hydraulics in order to shift it from first to second to third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. He also knows what the criteria is for that to happen. So if you're anywhere near 40th Street in Washington, he's the only shop I can recommend. Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington. George, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Hey, just anecdotally, uh, I worked for a large agency here in Southern California. At any one time, we had probably 60 or 70 Crown Vicks, arguably the best, most economical to own police car ever. But idle speed controllers would fail. And it got to the point where uh, these young cops figured out how to drive with both feet. In five minutes, they could make it from the police station to the (laughs) transportation shops. And it was less than three minutes to do an idle speed controller replacement. (laughs) Just nothing to it. It, it, I, anyway. I, I agree 100% with everything you've said. Now, when we talk about an idle air control motor, it's the idle controller, we're going to control the idle by opening an air duct, so to speak. So if we want right. faster idle, we give it more air, we give the engine more air, and if we want to control the idle and drop it down, then we shut some of the air off. And so, and, and, and I remember, I'm going to tell you my police story. It, it's not really about a Crown Vic, but do you remember those Brickland cars? From from the 1970s, oh, yeah. okay. So sure. I'm driving I'm a brick. Yeah, I'm driving a Brickland car, and um, and they, they have gold wing doors in them. And so I get a call that there's a lady that's going to commit suicide in the bathroom of a gas station. So I'm running hot. I get to the gas station and I can't get out of the car because the hydraulics have failed on the car. <laughs> So I'm trying to crawl out the window. I'm too big to crawl out the window. So finally some guy comes over and he goes, what's the matter with you? And I said, I need to get into that bathroom right there. And he goes, you got to go to the bathroom that bad? And I says, no, there's a lady in there that's supposed to be, you know, going to commit suicide. So he helps me get out the window. And then I run inside and she's okay. I bring her out and he's got the door shut and the window's still down. 
And he said, uh, I just pulled the pin on the, the door. And I said, well, thank you, but you're going to have to help me lift it up so I can get in again. <laughs> so the Crown Vic was, as you know, the Crown Vic wasn't the most popular uh, police car, but it was fast. It was fast, and it was big, so you could fit like three prisoners in the back seat. But um, it yeah, during that period of time... And a couple time, more in the trunk. And then a couple more in the trunk. <laughs> But it was very economical to own. They went forever. They're still out there. Oh, no, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. It, it's like the Chevy truck. It's like the F-150 Ford. It's like the Dodges with the 318s. They've all the V8s, the Ford V8, the Chevy V8. You're right. They just they just last forever. But anyway, George, thank you very much. You made me laugh today, and I appreciate your call. Thank you. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Automotive Dynamics is in Sun City, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the best by far shop in Sun City. Chuck has owned it since 1982, and he understands the difference between right and wrong, and his mechanics are not paid a commission or a percent of your repair bill, and that way Chuck ensures that they're not going to sell you unnecessary parts or repairs. So if you're in Sun City, Automotive Dynamics is north of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue, so the intersection of 99th and Grand is a place that uh, that you can stop. And we don't have any other callers, right, Gil? Okay, lines are open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and I'll tell you about another shop. And you can go to my website. My website is MarkSalem.com, MarkSalem, Salem like the cigarette, dot com, and click on Best Car Repair Shops, and my list is there. But I'll tell you about another one that uh, we talked about, Blackwell, a few minutes ago. But you're talking about Kurtz Automotive. He's at I-17 in Bell Road, and Kurtz is just got ethics down he's he's a very nice man but he understands the dynamics of different shops and different ways to take advantage of customers and and kurtz is is not rabid but he is just really principled about what he wants his technicians to do and and by far he's been very successful he has a tremendous rating throughout the valley. He does really good work, and he, when you bring it in for a problem, he finds the problem, he bids the problem, he fixes the problem, it's under the estimate, and when you leave, you know the problem's solved. That's what it's all about. It's just that simple. So if you, if you live anywhere near I-17 in Bell and you don't already have a service station or service facility that you love, then perhaps Kurtz would be a good place to do that. 602 And if you have a car question or a car problem, you can give us a call. Tire inflation is a really big deal today because many of the car's fuel economy depends on you not driving around with flat tires but fully inflated tires. If you want to know how much your tires take, then open up the driver's door. There's a sticker on there, and it tells you exactly how much inflation, 32, 35, 44. It'll tell you. And that's a cold tire pressure. And it's easy for anybody to pull into a discount tire and just say, hey, I just came from my house. Would you check my tires? Discount Tire has taught their staff exactly how to determine what this, what it should be. You haven't been on the road for more than a mile or two or three or four, and you haven't been on the freeway, so the tire's not heated up. So at that, at that particular point, you're set. And so you... 
it's it's important to have the right inflation in your tires for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you hit a pothole or hit a curb, a fully inflated tire will bounce off the the curb and bounce in and out of the pothole. A tire that's half flat is going to self-destruct. So it's going to blow out because it's not fully inflated. It's also a real, the tire has everything to do with your fuel economy because all of us remember when we were younger of riding our bikes down to the local Shell station or Exxon station and how difficult it was to pedal the bike with the tires flat or half flat. When we got to the gas station and we aired up the tires, then the bike was like a Ferrari and you could pedal it and coast and it was just like heaven. Well, your car is no different. Your cars, the fuel economy, and the car's uh, tires—they're they're directly related to one another. And if you inflate them appropriately, the car coasts well. It bounces through curb or over curbs, and it also bounces in and out of potholes. And it, like I said, it's easier to pedal a bicycle with fully inflated tires, and the motor is going to work a lot less, and you're going to get better fuel economy if your tires are inflated to the maximum inflation that's either on the side of the tire or it's on the door sticker. Now, there might be where you've got one of them that says 38, the tire sticker says 38, and the tire maximum inflation says 44. Now, what do I do, Mark? You can use the 44. 36 is the inflation necessary to carry the car and all the passengers. But you can go above that because the tire maximum inflation is 44. So you can go to 44, and you probably won't notice any difference in the ride, but you're probably going to get better fuel economy, and you're going to certainly get better tire life. Those are the kinds of questions, and those are the kinds of issues that you've got. Many of you have old cars. Many of you have um, 50s and 60s and 70s cars, and you're wanting to know who's who does a good job in town. Well, Blackwell does the older cars. Kurtz does the older cars. Larry Harker's. I tease Bob because Bob was around when Jesus was a baby, and Bob knows old cars too, and he's from Larry Harker's Auto. He's over at 38th Avenue in the Indian School, and he works on the newer model cars because the fundamentals of the old cars are no different than the fundamentals of the new car. So in the old days, we turn a screw and raise your idle up and down. Today, the computer opens and closes an air leak an air problem it it's a vacuum leak call it a vacuum leak and it opens and closes this orifice to give you a higher idle it opens up and to give you a lower idle it closes and it monitors the rpm and it, it's working sometimes about 30 times a second it's constantly adjusting your idle and you don't even know it and so that's called an idle air control motor, and we've talked about that here. So Larry Harkers can work on your car from if it's in the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And he's worked on a couple, we were talking the other day, 30, 30s, and 40s. And, and, but he's really good with maintenance, auto emissions, and the, especially the kind of, of situation where nobody can find and fix this vibration in my car. That's They're pretty doggone good. That's Larry Harker's Auto Repair, 38th Avenue and Indian School. So the phone number is 602-508-0960. I'm going to take a break here in probably about three minutes, and then we're going to have some news, weather, and sports on the top of the hour, and then I'm going to come back, and if you're in line, then I'll say, hey, how you doing? And, and uh, we'll take your question and answer your question. I'm an ASE Master Certified Technician, and I've been ASE Certified 
since the 80s, and I've been a master since the 90s. Now, the master has passed all eight automotive tests. So if you're just ASC certified, you may be ASC certified in brakes, air conditioning, uh, emissions, suspension, um, tires, that kind of stuff. But a master tech is one that has passed all the tests. And so well certified and 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 you're 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 best served by someone who is ASE certified but the next step up is ASE master certification now there's a few guys in the United States that and then we're talking about automotive passenger cars and light trucks then we have ASE certifications for buses and big trucks we have body work we have transmissions we have engines we have a lot of different things, but there's some guys that spend their entire life passing all those tests. Now, those guys have passed every automotive test available through the Automotive Service Excellence Group, and uh, and they are very, very well skilled, but typically you're not going to see them because they're going to be teaching classes at the community college or they're going to own their own repair shop. So, But, but ASE Master certifi- Certified Technicians are, are, are more the norm, and, and those... Those are what you hope that the technician is that works on your car. But there's lots of technicians that have not taken ASE tests, and they're still good. And usually they have gray hair, they got a little grease under their fingernails, and they've been at the same shop for 10, 15, 20 years. And so those are the keys that you're looking for. And, uh, and, and especially if you develop a relationship with a shop that... Uh, you know, says, hi, Mrs. Salem, how are you? Gosh darn it, how's your car? Well, Mark, I've got a problem here. And just a minute, isn't Dennis the one that works on your car all the time? Yeah, hey, Dennis, come here for a minute. Walk out with Mrs. Salem, take a look at her car. That's the old days, but that's still available to you today. That's still available to you today. There's lots of shops out there that have that kind of reputation with uh, with customers. At our shop, my daughter runs our shop and she's been around for probably 20 years when she was 10 years old. And, and there's many of the older women that do business with us that know my daughter's birthday. So we laughed not too long ago because her birthday came and went. And all of a sudden the lobby's filled with flowers and candy from customers that had remembered that Andy was born and Andy her birthday. So um, those kinds of relationships are are worth an immense amount of of time and effort and and i i know firsthand that there's shop owners out there and many of them i talk talk to you about they do stuff for free all the time all of us feel real blessed and all of us understand that we're lucky to be in business as long as we have Uh, i've i've owned a gas station i started in a gas station in 1968 as an employee but then i owned my own gas station in 1979 and i've been in the car repair business since 1979 but we all understand the satisfaction of fixing something that nobody else could and that's what really drives all of us old gray-haired guys is fixing something that uh, on a car that somebody somebody has taken to two or three other shops and nobody could figure it out so 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 and we got open lines 602-508-0960 